Hey, what's up? So look, it's coming up on the end of the year. We're at the end of 2023, and I probably haven't really mentioned it, but if you've listened to some of the earlier episodes of Film Streak, if you've listened to some of the more recent episodes, you can tell there's a pretty big difference. And a big part of that is I wanted to focus on talking about films and talking about films the way I talk about them. Yeah, I started out making a little more of a thing, making a little more of a production, a little more of a show. And that's cool and all, and I feel like there's a place for that, but part of it was it's just more work to do each episode, but then also it didn't feel natural, it didn't feel organic. It didn't feel like if I was sitting here right now next to you and talking to you, that's not how I would talk about films. I don't really just kind of go like beat by beat through all those different parts of it. It's not so structured. That's not how conversation works. So instead I'd said, look, let me, uh, let me back off here and just talk about films the way I probably normally would if we were just hanging out. Sometimes that's the fun of this is I can kind of figure out what I'm trying to say as I'm saying it. (laughs) Now that's not always ideal. I know. And I do still do the thing where I take notes and I try to make some points before I turn on the mic here. But uh, I had to at least acknowledge that because it's been a little while since I've changed and and adjusted how I do this. And I figured, well, if anybody's really noticing or paying attention, then hopefully you would mention it. And a couple of people have. So thanks for listening, first of all. And... Again, I haven't said it in a long time, but, you know, filmstreak.com, that's the place to go if you want to see anything else. Get my other episodes, sign up, do whatever the things, right? Okay. We got through all that. Cool. Two films I want to talk about this week. Um, I saw them recently, and, you know, I went into them thinking one thing. I came out feeling something else. You know, I saw this movie, Kandahar, with Gerard Butler, and watching the trailer... Looking at like the cover art or the poster, I really thought, oh man, Gerard Butler's really leaning into this whole older action hero phase now. Like he's he's going full Liam Neeson. Because I feel like there's been enough films here recently where ever since uh, Olympus has fallen, I feel like he's been kind of flirting with this whole thing. I mean, I talked about it not too long ago, I guess, um, earlier this year, Plane. And I know there's been a couple of other movies. I can't even think of the titles right now, but I know there's a couple of other movies that have come out in the last couple of years with him in them. And just by, like, at a glance, it looks like, oh, okay, it's just generic uh, middle-aged action hero. That's, That's what he's doing now. So looking at this Kandahar, I really thought, oh, man. I mean, I guess the premise sounded interesting enough. And I like Gerard Butler. I like some of his stuff that he does in movies. I don't always like the movies he's in. But I find him still interesting to watch. So I said, all right, I'll put this on and just see what it ends up being. Take a chance. And... 
I got to say, I mean, I came away really surprised because mostly because I don't know how this ended up being a film. And I'm not taking shots at nobody. What I'm saying is this feels like this should have been a series. The premise of it all, while in the trailer and some of that stuff, it feels pretty simple because it's kind of set up as or Gerard Butler is an undercover, whatever, CIA operative, and he's on the run from well, like the Taliban or militants in Afghanistan. And you think, okay, well, it's kind of just a prolonged chase movie, I guess. But it's in a different setting, and maybe it's got a little more relevance to like real-world events. But as you get into the film, I mean, it has the skeleton of something much bigger, I think. Because you're not just following Gerard Butler and and his journey, you know, just being chased, just on the run the whole film. You're actually getting a lot of different perspectives. You're getting multiple characters and really multiple plot lines. There's a lot of things happening in this film. It's surprising because... I mean, it's not an overly long film. I don't even know if it's actually two hours long. But there's a lot going on. There's a lot of locations we're hitting. There's a lot of threads. Uh, we're, we're following different characters and their stories. You know, there's some great cinematography. There's some great action in this. There's a lot of energy to it. You just feel the movement, the dynamic quality of the story, you feel it, right? It, you can see it on screen. And it just feels more rounded than I was expecting. Like we're seeing the perspectives of the Taliban. We're seeing perspectives of CIA, uh, people in Afghanistan and Iraq. And it's laid out in a way that we're not necessarily sure that they're wrong. I mean, it's pretty obvious by their actions that they're wrong for doing what they're doing, but their motives aren't necessarily wrong. And that's a really tricky line to walk. I mean, it's not something that most films can really pull off so well. But this film at least attempts it, and I think navigates it okay. It doesn't come off as like really kind of leaning too far into the wrong direction. I mean, our, our hero, our main character, is still Gerard Butler, and he's still trying to survive this onslaught. But at the same time, it's at least giving us the sense that there are other interests out there. It's not just American or Western interests. You know, there are maybe some more uh, traditional or, or fundamentalist views that Maybe have their place. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it doesn't clearly align with, you know, uh, American sensibility, but it doesn't mean it shouldn't exist, I guess. I guess that's part of the idea here. So at least being presented with it. And while all that's happening, I mean, it feels like some of the, the characters that we see, it's like, Oh, that could have been a whole episode of a series based on that. 
And then we could have had another episode based on this other scene or, or sequence that happens in the film. And part of me kind of wishes that that would have been the case. I mean, the closest we probably have gotten so far maybe would be something like uh, Homeland. I, I don't know if it's like the third season. Uh, not the first season, really, but like I think it was the third or fourth season where it doesn't take place in the U.S. It's actually about you know other things in other parts of the world going on. But we're seeing different points of view. You know, another show that kind of makes me think of this, although it's based on a whole different context, is um, Zero Zero Zero, which I think it was on Amazon Prime. But it's basically we're following three different plots set all over the world. And it's about the drug trade and that kind of thing. But it feels like that same framework could have worked for this story. And this story, this Kandahar could have been maybe six or eight episodes and been really drawn out and really thought out. And so, look, I mean, that was a lot more than I would have expected in what I thought was a generic Gerard Butler action film. So I'm surprised, pretty pleased with it. I feel like it's got some gaps here and there. But I think it's uh, it's much more interesting and much more thoughtful than I was expecting. And so for me, that's a plus. That's a win, really. Now, it's got some moments where... It pushes the bounds of believability. There is a little bit of a twist, but then it kind of backs up on itself, like a, almost like a double twist. It's something that maybe wasn't necessary. You know, the, the whole head fake of it all is like, well, why, why do we even have this then? If you're just going to go back on what you revealed earlier in the film. And, you know, some of the action, while it's engaging and entertaining to watch and pretty suspenseful really because you don't want this guy to get caught you want him to survive the the trip there are some moments i mean my man he survives a direct hit from an rpg the whole truck blows up and flips over and him and the guy that he's escorting they get out of the truck and walk away <laughs> I, come on hey I, oh, you got a little bruise, got a little dirt on your face. Oh, let me get you a rag because, I mean, I guess you got a little busted up by a rocket propel grenade. What? So, I, you know, there's some moments. This guy's moments where like, all right, I, I just going to have to go with it because I'm at least on board for the rest of it. But overall, I mean, I thought it was pretty solid. Something I would actually want to sit and watch again to kind of take in a little more of the extra stuff that I didn't know was in there. These extra plots and these extra characters. Because when that happened, I really thought, wait, what, what are we doing here? But as the film kind of you know comes to a conclusion, you realize like, oh, but that was all a part of this story. This was a, this should have been a much bigger thing. So, you know, the other thing that it made me think of was movies about people on the run by you know the the gang or the posse or or whatever it is you know that's chasing them down 
that's where I came up with Sisu, which, uh, you know, I remember seeing the trailer for this. I, I can't remember what it was, but I saw the trailer in the theater and I thought, what the hell is this? This looks insane. I mean, it looks cool, but also like who came up with this movie? Like, what is the mind that said, oh, here's an idea. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen the film, I mean, or you haven't even heard of it, it's a very simple premise. It is the simple premise. We have uh, a, a man who just at first seems like a, like a prospector. He's like digging for, for gold or he finds gold. And he's, you know, he's celebrating his win here. It doesn't, he seems like he's just got a simple life. He's out there on his own. He's just doing his thing, picking up his gold. They're going to go take it, maybe cash it in, retire, who knows. And he encounters this squad of Nazis. I mean, and this is all set in World War II. It's not like today, right? They try to take his gold. They try to shoot his dog. And he takes them out one by one, brutally, viciously. And it's, it's revealed that, oh, he's not just a guy like a farmer or something. He's an actual former or retired Finnish commando. And supposedly homeboy is unkillable. Like he just cannot be taken out. Try and so as this is all spread through, you know, people that encounter him and these Nazis and whatever, because the man himself, he doesn't say anything. I mean, he goes through this whole film with almost zero dialogue, not to the very end. But the fact that, you know, he's um, able to fight off all of these people coming at him, you know, time after time, all these different encounters he's having. It actually made me question, like, a, a plot, a, a premise, so simple, so basic. Like, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Going into it, if I like, oh, okay, this is going to be real easy to just enjoy. But as the film went on, I, I started to feel like I, I, I need something else here. Like, I, when are we going to punch through to the next level, to the heart of everything. And it does have a couple moments where we learn a little bit about him, but it's not through him doing anything because he doesn't say anything and he's really just trying to survive. So it's about things that are happening to him or happening around him. You know, all the action and all the stunts, they feel solid, they feel real, and they feel brutal. Until we get to uh, like the third act, really. There's a sequence with a plane in it that it totally breaks that. And it's not enough to necessarily take me out of the film, but it's something I'm like, ah, you were doing great until this moment. Because I can get that you're getting beat up or you're beating up people or you're shooting them or blowing them up or they're shooting at you and all this stuff. But when you get in a plane, if you've ever ridden in a plane, you know that everything is out of your control. If the plane goes down, good luck. Good luck. 
But I guess my man here, he, he, look, just like Gerard Butler in the other movie, he survives a plane crash and walks away. All right. Okay, bye. Like you had me, you really actually had me until that moment. Because I just felt like you're playing by different rules than I thought we were playing by. And so, you know, then it's just a matter of like, all right, if we're just dismissing rules of physics and science, <laughs> then, uh, all right, well, I guess I could just kick back and just enjoy you blasting all of these Nazis straight to hell. Because that's never a bad thing, right? Like, it's never, it's never a problem. It's never like a question that's never um, controversial to just destroy all the Nazis. And this film, I think, even tries to take it beyond that. It's like, it's fun. It's cool. I mean, this film is weird. It does kind of try to straddle that line of like art house meets grindhouse. Like in some moments, it's a very quiet and thoughtful and pensive film. You know, it's really sitting in the moment. But then it flips to, oh, just over-the-top, insane, bloody action. And you kind of have to be okay with both of those somehow. Um, it feels like two different movies kind of just mashed together. I don't know if it's totally successful. I, I think of it as more like, this is kind of a cool experiment. But I don't know if I'm ever going to need to see this again. And I don't really know if I got much out of it. I tell you the one thing it actually did make me think about, there's a scene where he gets pretty badly injured. Well, it's like every, every action scene, he comes out with cuts and scrapes and all kinds of wounds and stuff. And there's a part of the film where he has to do a little like self repair, like some self surgery. And it's it's funny. It just made me think of like, what are other great films or other films that have great moments like that? And I, you know, I don't, I couldn't think of a lot off the top of my head, but I, the ones I could think of, I mean, Ronan is up there for me. You know, there, there's Robert De Niro. He gets shot and he has to, do surgery on himself and Jean Renault is there and he's just like helping. He's not even doing anything, but he's got a mirror and Robert De Niro's doing surgery on himself. And it's shot pretty convincingly where you can't really tell that it's the, like where the gag is. It looks like he's actually doing like he's actually sewing himself up. And uh, so that's one for me. I mean, there's the Terminator right? Where uh, Arnold, he gets his face all bruised up, or bruised up, busted up, and he's got to take out his eye. And th you know, then he comes away with just wearing sunglasses after that. Um, that was one that when I saw it the first time, I mean, I would have been a kid back then, but the first time I saw it, I'm like, what is this? How are they doing this? This man just cut his face open. <laughs> what else? Uh, what else do I have? Oh, uh, First Blood. 
right? That was a pretty intense scene where, you know, cause he's, this is the first movie, right? John Rambo's being chased through the woods and he, um, what is it? He falls, he jumps off that cliff and he like cuts himself on this tree on the way down. If I remember right. In a similar way, like no country for old men, right? Where you've got, um, Anton Chigurh. He's got to fix himself up after that shootout. He's in the hotel room and you see him doing the surgery on himself. I think the fugitive actually even has a scene sort of like that. The Harrison Ford kind of patching himself up at some point. Another one, I mean, come on, 127 hours. <laughs> that man doesn't really fix himself up. He just cuts his whole shit off. He just cuts from the elbow down or whatever it is. It's just taken off. And that's a film that I don't know if it really qualifies. We're talking maybe, maybe a different genre here, but um, it's intense to watch. It's one of those things where you understand the way it's filmed and the way the story is told. It, it, it's pretty effective at putting you in that position of would I be able to do this? Or, or even just the initial thought of, can I even do this? Like, is this even possible? Like, how do I, cause he had like a pocket knife or something. Right. And yet he's stuck and he's got to survive. So the moment of, is it even possible to cut my entire arm off with a pocket knife and then to actually do it and to see it play out? Ooh, it's intense. It hurts thinking about it actually. And you know, for fun, I mean, why not Predator 1, 2? You know, in the first film, there's a scene where he gets shot. You know, remember he leaves the little green blood on the leaves. So later, you see him in the tree and he's like, you know, patching himself up. And same thing kind of happens in the second movie, too. And I was like, well, I don't know if that's... Like, I don't feel that the same way. Because... It's not really like in, I guess, human context. I, I guess it still qualifies. Okay. I'm sure there are others too, but it even made me think like, what are films where there's just these intense, like kind of uh, white knuckle surgery scenes. And to me, I just saw it on TV the other day, Black Hawk Down. There's the scene where the guy gets shot in the femoral artery and they've got to try and like get into the wound in his leg and oh i mean as intense as that movie is as like non-stop just action and the violence of it all that moment when you think the film is actually kind of quieted down for a little while and then we get this scene where this plays out and it's probably the most like hair raising of of the whole film you know look another ridley scott film strangely enough maybe Prometheus, I was just talking about this the other day, is that scene with the surgery with the machine where Elizabeth Shaw has to get in the thing and get this thing out of her and how that all plays out. I mean, it's very graphic, but it's and it's intense because there's like, what is this thing? And I'm st stuck in this machine with it. Oof, it's a lot. It's a lot to handle. <laughs> But it's good. I mean, it's entertaining. And does it qualify? Self-surgery? Uh, maybe. Maybe not. 
I don't know. Anyway, so look, all right, but it, back to Sisu. What I'm saying is that at least is the vibe I think this film is going for. It's something that's intense. It's somewhat short and somewhat simple. And yet, if, if that's not your bag, uh, this may not be for you. And at least it does that right up front. Not the surgery scene, but like when it shows you what is really working with in like the first, what, 10, 15 minutes. If you're not down for that, you're not down for the rest of the movie. So I, I appreciate that much about it. Like it's simple, but it's simple all the way through. And it doesn't really uh, stray from that. So I don't know. Those are two that I thought were kind of interesting, kind of strangely not what I thought they would be. Kandahar was a little more complex and more, more rounded than I thought. And Sisu was actually way more simple than I thought. I thought there was going to be a little more meat to it. But either way, I, you know, they're pretty recent. I think they both just came out this year. So some new takes on maybe some old territory. But anyway, that's it for now. I'm going to go get back under the blankets. Until next time, you know what to do. Go watch something new. Thank you.